How's it going, gamers? Welcome back to GameWave, your go-to podcast created by gamers for gamers. I'm your dedicated host, Bobby Lavadula, and today we're delving into the intriguing realm of video game adaptations in Episode 3. As someone deeply immersed in the gaming world, my passion extends beyond mere recreation. I bring years of university studies, majoring in game design, to the table. In this episode of GameWave, we're set to explore the dynamic landscape of video game to television adaptations unraveling the hidden gems, and, inevitably, the not-so-shiny rocks of coal. On our radar today are two major shows that have etched themselves onto our minimap, The Last of Us and the Halo TV show. Both possess unique qualities, yet, as we'll soon discuss, one unequivocally outshines the other. But before we jump into the main event, a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. NordVPN is your gateway to seamless content access and online security. Stick around to unlock exclusive benefits with our special code. Are you tired of missing out on your favorite Netflix shows due to regional restrictions? Fear not, NordVPN provides a seamless solution, granting you direct access to your cherished content with just one click. NordVPN is also one of the best ways to protect your online privacy in our digital age. Sign up today with code GAMEWAVE and enjoy a 10% discount on your first 6 months. Special thanks again to NordVPN for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome back everyone to the GAMEWAVE podcast. Our first challenger on today's topic is The Last of Us TV show. In my opinion, and many others it seems, this was a superb video game adaptation. The Last of Us as an adaptation really separates itself from the pack. Audiences were impressed by how faithful the show stayed to the content of the game while also including new material that fit within the world naturally. This creative choice allows the audience to witness the world before it succumbs to the full extent of the apocalypse adding layers of complexity to the characters' backstories. Moreover, it serves as a nod to the dedicated gaming community, offering a fresh perspective on a familiar narrative. Realistically speaking, it doesn't really affect the themes the show nor the game tried for, and in fact enhances them. The second major change, and more important of the two, the show abandoned the sport transmission concept for a more conventional approach, ensuring clear dialogue and character development. The adjustment from sport transmission to a more conventional method of disease transmission it's not just about visual clarity, it fundamentally alters the dynamics of the show. By opting for direct contact, bites, and contaminated food supplies, the show can delve into interpersonal relationships and survival tactics more effectively. This change becomes a narrative necessity, ensuring that the character struggles are conveyed with emotional resonance while avoiding the impracticality of constant muffled dialogue through respirators. In the game, the virus spread through minuscule spores, with inhaling them tantamount to a death sentence. Yet, video game characters seemingly conjure gas masks out of thin air, miraculously equipping them just in time to evade the perilous spores. Watching intense drama unfold amidst muffled speech would be undeniably absurd. Hence, the show opted to bid farewell to the spores and ushered in a narrative where actual dialogue and character development could flourish. Rather than dissecting every episode, let's spotlight two exceptional ones. The first episode in particular proved to be nothing short of mind-blowingly good. In a realm inundated with lackluster video game to TV adaptations, The Last of Us undeniably hit the mark right from its inaugural episode. The showrunners created an almost one-to-one recreation of the beginning of the game. The meticulous recreation of the game's iconic moments in the first episode is a testament to the show's commitment to fan service. Despite us just being an observer, instead of being in control of the characters, the showrunners kept attention high and the viewers on the edge of their seat. Not only did it feel like a real zombie mushroom virus outbreak, 
but the characters also reacted intelligently and with purpose. Every action they took felt like it had meaning and was something a real person would do in that same situation. The showrunners were even able to capture the entirety of the car section with similar, if not the same, camera angles as the game. The car session is probably the most iconic and well-shot portion of the first game, and to see it recreated with real actors was hair-raisingly cool. This utilization of similar camera angles and pacing creates a sense of nostalgia for gamers, while providing newcomers with a gripping introduction to the world of The Last of Us. The ending to the first episode was just as sad as in the game. The showrunners made sure to leave no stone unturned, as they even had the guts to recreate, spoilers ahead for those who haven't played the first game, Sarah's death, Joel's daughter. It was heart-wrenching to watch this scene, especially for a second time. In live action, it hits you right in the feels just as hard, if not harder. Pedro Pascal, the actor who plays Joel, really gave it his all. You can really see the pain on his face as he is hugging his dying daughter. The first episode set the precedent for the rest of the series, and it almost hit that mark. The second episode I want to talk about is episode 3. Episode 3's focus on Bill and Frank ventures into uncharted territory for video game adaptations. This episode is much more controversial. Uh, at this point in the series, it is the first real taste of original content for the show. To add to any controversy, it focuses on the characters Bill and Frank. Bill is a side character for the game, but he is front and center in this episode, and so is his sexuality. This episode was all about romance between Bill and Frank and how these two found each other at the end of the world when they needed love the most. By exploring romance in a post-apocalyptic setting, the show not only adds depth to the characters, but also challenges the conventional norms of the genre. The choice broadens the show's appeal, demonstrating its capacity to engage diverse audiences beyond the gaming community. In comparison to episode 1, it was slow and lacked any real signs of zombie infection aside from the abandoned neighborhood the characters happened to find themselves in. However, this episode was incredibly rich in things like character development and intricate storytelling. The contrast between this episode's slower pace and lack of overt zombie elements emphasizes the show's versatility in shifting tones while maintaining narrative richness. This episode was one of life, instead of death and decay. Bill teaches Frank how to survive, and Frank, in turn, teaches Bill how to live. These two characters live out their lives together, creating in a destroyed world. It is a beautiful story, acted well, and in a highly respectable manner. Nothing here was contrived, it was all genuine. Looking at these two episodes, you can see how the show, despite being an amazing adaptation, can appeal to two different types of audiences, the gamers and the non-gamers. But ultimately, it's not about what you are, it's about appealing to your feelings. And in that, The Last of Us TV show does an amazing job. All around, The Last of Us TV show sets a high standard, with some creative liberties taken, and is worth watching for all audiences. But before we delve into our next enthralling topic, let's take a brief pause to introduce our next fantastic sponsor, bringing you the excitement of epic battles and strategic gameplay, Raid Shadow Legends. Are you on the hunt for a mobile game that rivals PC and console titles? Look no further then than our sponsor, Raid Shadow Legends. Boasting over 10 million players, this ambitious game offers an intriguing storyline, epic boss battles, PvP engagements, and a plethora of customizable champions. And best of all, it's free. Log in now to reap free rewards and gold. Make sure to use our sponsor code, GAMEWAVE, to earn premium rewards. We at GAMEWAVE want to give another big thank you to Raid Shadow Legends for sponsoring this broadcast. Welcome back to the GAMEWAVE podcast. We are now moving on to our second topic, the Halo TV show. Shifting gears to the Halo TV show is a perplexing departure from the beloved video game series. 
Halo is an incredibly popular video game series and was a major influence on first-person shooters when it came out. Several live-action projects were proposed for Halo over the years, but nothing ever came to fruition. These games are filled with expansive lore, interesting storylines, and just all-around cool set pieces. So then, why is it that the Halo TV show used little to none of it? Well, you don't need to know much about Halo to watch this show, and that is just the way the showrunners wanted it. Despite Halo's rich lore and captivating narratives, the TV adaptation opted to forge its own path, outright ignoring the source material. It seems almost counterintuitive to adapt a video game series to television without even acknowledging the games. Needless to say, this left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths before the show even started airing. And oh boy, it would take a whole lot to stomach this show even for the non-gamer. The showrunner set the show Halo in the Silver Timeline, something they just made up which isn't part of any Halo lore. The storyline of the show is entirely different from any of the games or even expanded universe. Placing the show in an invented Silver Timeline, it introduces two distinct storylines. The choice to completely disregard established game lore raises questions about the necessity of such a departure. While aiming for accessibility to a broader audience, the show risks alienating the dedicated fanbase that craves the familiarity of the established narrative. The first storyline is a prime example of this, as it follows Master Chief, the main character of the games, and his team of Spartans as they go on missions, search for artifacts, and fight off the alien force known as the Covenant. What is important to understand about Master Chief is that he never takes off his helmet. Across all of the games, Master Chief never once reveals his face. This deliberate choice turns his helmet into an icon, symbolizing strength, heroism, and valor. The decision to keep his face hidden also serves a strategic purpose in the games. It allows players to project themselves onto Master Chief, fostering a sense of personal heroism. The enigmatic quality of the character maintained through the concealed visage enhances the player's immersion, making every triumph and challenge a more personal and resonant experience. The removal of Master Chief's helmet in the very first episode marks a bold departure from gaming traditions. This very creative choice, while intending to humanize the iconic character, alters the symbolic representation of Master Chief as a faceless hero. It raises concerns about the impact on fan connection and the potential loss of the mysterious allure that has defined the character for over a decade. All of these changes amount to the Master Chief portrayed in the show being very different. Throughout the rest of the TV series, Master Chief rarely has his helmet on. They just completely ignore the biggest symbol in gaming to display the actor's face playing Master Chief. And don't worry, it can get even worse. In Episode 3, the showrunners had Master Chief take off his armor and go entirely nude. The show wanted to explore a more human side of Master Chief, one in which the game's covered but not in stark detail. Removing the helmet was a fine way of allowing viewers to relate to the Master Chief on a more personal level. What faltered was the decision to keep Master Chief's helmet off consistently. As with any widely recognized symbol, one stripped away, what's left behind is very rarely unique. Completely unveiling Master Chief's attire became the proverbial icing on an already poorly crafted cake. Witnessing Pablo Schreiber, the actor behind Master Chief, showcase his face suffice to convey the character's humanity. There was no necessity to witness his backside for that confirmation. Those two things are the most controversial parts of the Master Chief storyline. However, another major issue with the show was Master Chief's romance arc. The introduction of a romance arc for Master Chief with McKee introduces a layer of complexity that, while attempting to delve into the character's humanity, raises eyebrows due to the questionable dynamics. The dichotomy of Master Chief's role as humanity's savior and his romantic involvement with an alien leader adds an unexpected twist, 
potentially challenging the believability of the narrative for both gamers and non-gamers alike. The person he falls in love with just so happens to be the leader of the alien military force, who also happens to be a human. This is strange for a multitude of reasons. To begin, this person who is named McKee is sympathetic towards wiping out humanity as a whole, yet Master Chief, the hero of humanity, can look past that for some reason. The dynamics of this relationship become even more peculiar as we witness their initial meeting and the development of their love story while McKee is imprisoned on a human military ship. The imbalance of power between them raises questions about the authenticity of McKee's feelings. Was it genuine affection or a strategic move for survival? The unconventional circumstances surrounding their relationship add a layer of discomfort, leaving one to ponder if McKee's connection with Master Chief was driven by genuine emotions or a pragmatic necessity in her dire situation. This odd power dynamic creates a speculative unease, making the audience question the sincerity of the characters involved. Despite the eccentricities, the storyline offers a decent, albeit somewhat mundane, exploration of what makes a super soldier human. The sporadic action scenes, while commendable, are unfortunately too infrequent, leaving viewers longing for more moments of intensity and excitement. In essence, while the narrative delves into uncharted territories, it struggles to strike a balance between its unconventional romance and the anticipated action sequences. The second storyline in the Halo TV show follows a completely original character named Quan Ha. Quan Ha's storyline, despite attempting to bring a fresh perspective to the show, falls short due to its lackluster execution. Her connection to Master Chief is tenuous at best, having been his prisoner before he turns traitor to the entire UNSC human military to secure her release. Her subsequent episodes unfold with her incessantly lamenting about issues beyond her capacity to resolve. Despite her ineffectuality, the show inexplicably accords her special treatment from everyone around her. Quan Ha, possessing commendable morals, expresses a desire to liberate her home planet Madrigal from the grip of a tyrant. However, her admirable intentions ultimately lead to nothing substantial, and she finds herself unable to make any meaningful impact. Her story arc, characterized by a lack of meaningful development, ultimately leads to an underwhelming climax as she stumbles upon tribal communities in the desert. Embarking on a spiritual quest in search of answers to an ambiguous prophecy, the narrative takes a turn for the worse. The prophecy, left conveniently unexplained, only receives fleeting hints in the concluding episodes, contributing to an overall sense of frustration and dissatisfaction. The unresolved nature of this plot element adds an unsatisfactory layer to an already lackluster character journey. Quan Ha's character might have been more tolerable if it didn't dominate over half the show's runtime. While I appreciate the creative intentions behind developing Quan Ha's character, the execution falls significantly short. The portrayal is marred by poor execution, making the character arc a detriment even to those who aren't necessarily gamers. Regrettably, it renders the show nearly unwatchable for a broader audience. The imbalance between screen time and narrative substance creates a disconnect, making it a tenuous aspect of the series. The misstep highlights the delicate balance required in introducing original characters to a well-established universe without diluting the overall impact of the narrative. The Halo TV show boasts intriguing visuals and delivers some exciting action scenes. However, it falls short when it comes to dialogue quality. Regardless of whether you're familiar with the game series or not, I strongly advise against watching the Halo TV show. There are plenty of other options worth considering, and if you're in the mood for a captivating video game adaptation, I recommend watching The Last of Us instead. Concluding our exploration, let's reflect on the intricate challenge of transitioning narratives between different mediums. 
Video games and television possess unique strengths, excelling in distinct ways, making the adaptation process inherently complex. When venturing into adapting games, a significant amount of nuance inevitably dissipates in translation. Any semblance of the original product surviving this transition can be seen as a noteworthy achievement. The landscape of video game television show adaptations is notably sparse, and fewer still manage to captivate audiences. However, this scarcity doesn't diminish the efforts invested by the showrunners. Our discussion on the Halo TV show should serve as an example, illustrating the bold attempt to tread new ground. While the initial endeavor may be considered a misstep, it's noteworthy that the show is set to receive a second season. This fact alone underscores the persistent spirit of experimentation, demonstrating a willingness to learn and evolve in the dynamic realm of television adaptations. Thank you so much for tuning into GameWave Episode 3, Video Game Adaptations. I'm your host, Bobby Lapidula. If you found the episode engaging, do us a favor and hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. Your support means a lot. Leaving a fair rating not only helps our channel grow, but also communicates your interest in more content. We appreciate your involvement in the GameWave community, and we're excited to bring you even more quality content in the future. Make sure to save often, and stay healthy gamers.